Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, March 25th, 2016. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We will be reading on page 47, and starting with the first two paragraphs. And today's readers are... The 12 Steps, Stacy T. The 12 Traditions, Christine M. And our text readers are Blossom S., Rachel N. M. And our newcomer greeter is Kathleen W. And the reference number for yesterday, Thursday, the 24th day of March, is 8594. 8594. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Stacy T. if she would read for us the 12 steps, please. Yes, good morning. This is Stacy T. in Cleveland. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Stacy T. I will now ask Christine M. to read the 12 traditions for us. Yes, good morning, everyone. My name is Christine M., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Missouri. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God who may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are the trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, while our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never reorganized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no, out, no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name might never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you so much for letting me be service in my past. Thank you, Christine M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So if you're waiting in line, please keep your phone muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 47. We will be reading the first two paragraphs on page 47, the first one for contacts only, and comments will be taken on the second paragraph. And with that, I'm going to ask Blossom S. if she would read for us, please. Good morning. This is Blossom S., Recover Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you will find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself, what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe 
that there is a power greater than myself. As soon as man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And uh, again, I'm Blossom, recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. And um, two things um, jump out at me. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe? Um, When I came into OA, I had a big war, tug of war going on between me on my conception of God and this greater power and what was going on in my life and um but that was that was that was okay because this program just asked me was I willing to believe that there was a power greater than myself and um after soul searching I admitted that I did um and you know as the previous paragraph you know explained then we have our own conception of God um so just that start was amazing path to recovery for me. Um, the second part of this, it says, uh, it's been repeatedly proven among us that upon the spiritual cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And that's how I feel. <clears throat> Just like the foundation of a house, um, my belief in my higher power um, was the foundation that helped me um, improve my conscious contact with God so that he can restore me to sanity. And I find ever more as I um, continue in my path and create um, different ways to connect with God through prayer or meditation or through meeting, through, just through many different ways that I've built this foundation and, and this spiritual structure. And because of this, um, amazing things have happened in my life. And I'm so thankful and I feel so blessed again um, for that simple belief in God and the ability to build on that foundation. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Blossom S. Okay, and who would like to share on the second paragraph read today? Tina S. Tina. Elaine. Elaine B. Elaine. Nessa R. Nessa. Vasa O. Vasa. Erica B. I didn't catch you. Say that again, Bar- please. Barbara D. Barbara D. B. B is in boy. Barbara. Marie okay. B. Say that again, please. Marie B. Marie B. Okay. All right. Here's what we got at the moment. Tina S., Elaine B., Nessa R., Vasa O., Barbara B., and Marie B. All right. Tina, you're up, and then it'll be Elaine. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Uh, Tina asked compulsive your anorexic in Florida. I love that it, it asked me to ask myself but one short question because when I got here, I thought I had to be someplace else. And, and, I, and I say that for myself because sometimes today I think I need to be someplace else other than right where I'm at. And, you know, and it says, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe? that there's a power greater than myself, you know, and believe a premise to be true, you know, because, you know, I also had to have a dictionary when I was reading some of this stuff because I always think I know what every word means, you know, and I don't a lot of times. And, and then willing, ready, eager, or prepared to believe, you know. And it says, and as soon as a man can say that he does, 
You know, I emphatically, I forcefully assure him, tell him confidently, dispel any doubt that he's on his way. You know, and when I really break down some of this stuff, you know, I, I could start my spiritual journey right here. You know, and, uh, and one of the things I also had to know that there was a God and I was not it. And when I got here, I didn't even, you know, people would say that. And I thought, well, I don't think I'm playing God. Well, that was not the truth. I always thought that somehow, some way, Tina could take care of all this stuff. And, and you know, and when I, when I start some of these simple things, when I become willing, you know, to believe that, I, that I'm not God and something greater than myself will solve my problems, you know, I was all in for that. And so I could start right here. And I love this, this um, chapter because when I got here, I say this all the time, I didn't think I needed to read this one, but I, I am so grateful that today that I do. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Elaine B., you're up, and then it'll be Nessa R. Thank you so much for your service, Monica. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. Thank you, God. Um, So we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself? I absolutely love that, am I even willing? You know, I don't have to be able to grab hold of this flimsy reed and say, it's enough, it's enough. I just have to be willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself. That is enough. That is a simple cornerstone that a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built on. You know, you have to start somewhere. You have to start with a cornerstone. There's no structure uh, no building that's built that doesn't have, you know, that first, that first step and um, that first little cornerstone. But I love that it talks about emphatically assure them. You know, the excitement comes, the tension mounts, everything's going, yay, because, you know, that's all it takes. What? That's all it takes? You know, I remember starting to talk with my sponsor and I, she was like, the food, the food, the food, it's all about the food. I want to talk about the food, you know. It's just get a food plan that's not of your own making, that eliminates your, your alcoholic food, and then let's get started. Because really, you know, when we're abstinent and our mind is befogged, we can begin to really, really look at this. I admitted I was powerless over food. Life had become unmanageable for me. And then the work began. Because even though I had a faith, even though I had a belief, did I, was I even willing to believe that a power greater than myself would help me with this problem? And I began to, um, to have to really look at my own agnosticism. And I had to be able to just grab hold of that flimsy lead, uh, read that said, I'm willing, I'm, will, I'm just, I'm willing today. And I was emphatically insure, assured. And it was enough to get me through the steps. And that flimsy read has proven to me to be the hand of a loving higher power that wants to not only solve my problem with food, but every problem today. Just last night, just got off the phone with a fellow, dear, dear fellow, thank you, that, um, you know, I'm just sharing. I have a whole new place where I need to come willing to believe. I'm not sure that I do believe yet. I'm still agnostic here. But um, my greater power wants to bring me into all the best, just like on page 100. Everything I put in God's hands come out better than anything I planned. 
And so I'm so grateful for this book that's helping me learn that and do that one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Nessa R. You're up, and then it'll be Vasa O. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. The, um, I want to comment on the last phrase, a wonderful, effective spiritual, upon the simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. Um, you know, it's, it's like building a house, you know, the, the foundation, which has to be a strong foundation, a, a perfect foundation, so there's no, no leaks and the house doesn't cave in and sink into the ground, is the plan. we got to know beyond any doubt that we are powerless. Um, but then after that, the simple cornerstone is this, is the belief that there is a power greater than ourselves and that that power can restore us to sanity. Um, because I, I had a power greater than myself before um, I gained access to, to my God, and that was the food. But the food didn't want to restore me to sanity. The food wanted me dead or at least crazy, miserable, and, uh, and insane. Um, and so I had to develop a relationship with this, with this power. Um, I believed in God um, before I came in, but I didn't really believe that God had the, the time, the inclination to help me with my tiny, puny little food problem. Um, and I, um, you know, I realize now that the reason for that is because I was blocked. I had no access to this power. And, you know, at the end of this uh, phrase, there's, a, there's an asterisk which points us to the, uh, the uh, appendix to the spiritual, uh, um, that describes the, uh, the spiritual awakening. And this is done like three times in the body of the book, just showing how important this appendix is, because it describes a spiritual awakening, which is a personality change to bring about recovery. And a personality change is a transformation in thought because thought drives my actions, um, you know, to transform me from a self-centered thought process to a God-centered thought process. So, so the key is, okay, so, so how do I do that? How do I gain access to that power? Because right now I'm just totally, totally blocked. And this whole book is about that. Like only like 45 pages or, or something like that of the book actually talk about the substance, whether it's alcohol or food or drugs or whatever it is. But these instructions here are about that. They're about unblocking myself from God and remaining unblocked because he is the only one who can solve my problem. Um, and, you know, that, that has been my experience. Once my sponsor took me through the steps after nine years of many sponsors and many meetings and, you know, um, of doing what I was told, but except doing this, I wasn't recovering. When my sponsor took me through this book and we worked the steps quickly, um, as outlined here, you know, this recovered, you know, like a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built, and it was built in my case, and it remained strong on the foundation of a, of a, of a doubt-free powerlessness. Thank you. And this beautiful cornerstone, this simple cornerstone of the belief that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity, and I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Vasa O, you're up, and then it'll be Barbara B. Yes, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Monica, for your service. I am grateful, grateful to recover from Possible Vita, calling from Florida. 
I remember at the beginning of my program, the person that brought me in had asked me, do you believe in, a power, in, in God? And uh, I was confused. I said, I don't know. I, I was agnostic and or close to it, atheist, because uh, I had some religion growing up, but I also grew up in a communist country where we were taught in school there was no God, and people were prosecuted because of God. They, you know, if they were going to church, they lost jobs. So I remember, you know, people sneaking at nighttime. If they were getting married, uh, the priest would go in and marry them in the middle of the night, so nobody, like teachers or professionals, where no one would see that, see them because if they did, then they would lose their jobs or they'd had their babies christened. Everything was done in the dark, you know, at nighttime. So I it was very, very confused, um, but I was willing, yeah. When I came to the program, I was willing and I was ready to believe because I didn't want to die. This disease was just going to kill me if I didn't stop doing what I was doing. So I, I needed to have the willingness and... Um, I, it took me about a, a week before I was before I was ready to surrender. The first three steps uh, uh, are the foundation of my program for me, and the rest of the steps are building the house on the strong foundation. And I needed to admit that I was powerless over the food, and my life was unmanageable, and I needed to find a power greater than myself because what I was doing was not working. So. I was ready and willing to to do that surrender a week later after I came in my program. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Barbara B., you're up, and then it'll be Marie B. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Massachusetts. Um, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? What I'm looking at this morning is the fact that that power is a capital P. And when I look at my own evolution over the years in OA, I had to you know, be on my way, as it says, by not consciously doing it, but taking small powers with a small p. And so when I get impatient with that that, uh, growth, I have to remind myself of the spiritual experience and very often being the educational variety, and that's my story, because what I believed in was the person who reached out her hand to me. She became a power greater than myself. And that held me for a while. But when she had her own troubles... And she fell down. I went down with her. So I had to learn by that experience that another person could not be the capital P, my ultimate higher power. And I did, I did that same dance with various meetings and situations in the fellowship. Um, one sponsor gave to me, and I mentioned this to people, a copy of the book Came to Believe, the AA book Came to Believe, because she could see what I was doing. And I just really wasn't somehow ready to get it or hear it. Talk about agnosticism. I mean, I had a lot of religion, and I just thought, well, you know, this spirituality, I mean, I've got God. But I didn't have a working relationship with a friend, with a God, as I have evolved to now. But 
she saw this, so she gave me came to believe. And I kind of dabbled in it, but I didn't get it. I was one of those people, as they say, I came, I came too, but then I had to come to believe. Um, and a couple of years later, she still gave me another copy of the book. It had a different cover now, different colored cover, came to believe because she knew that I hadn't really come to believe. Well, thank you, God, for the growth and the experiences and the directions in this book that now I really do have a power, capital P, greater than myself. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara B. Marie B., you're up. This is Marie B., and the last initial is B as in Victor. And do I now believe? I absolutely believe in a power greater than myself, which I call God. All of my life I was looking for something and I didn't know what. I believed in the existence of God. I had no relationship with this God. I had religious training and all I knew was that there was a, something outside of myself that I had learned about that kept score, that knew I was a bad girl, a bad young lady, a bad woman. And then I was pretty sure I was down to go to hell. At the age of five, when I made my first confession and I left out one thing, I knew for sure that I was damned to go to hell. And I left any religious concept alone. I moved away from God then. And when I heard, when I came to the program that I had to come to believe, I didn't want to because I didn't trust or believe in God anymore. I was afraid of him. He was going to send me to hell. But faced with the life I was living, eating myself to death a bite at a time, I had no choice and I became willing. And finding myself abstinent day after day, losing so much weight, I came to believe. And how I built on that, building a relationship with God that works on a daily basis, came to me daily by pausing, stopping, early in the morning going out, seeing the sun come up, watching nature come to life, the birds tweeting, flying, and one day this little bird stopped on this branch where I was sitting and it tweeted and a hummingbird came up in front of my face and did its little number and I could hear the whirring of its of its wings. And I realized I'm one of God's creations too. And from that point on, I came to believe more. And now, when I look at the universe, when I sit outside and I see the sky and I see the sun and I see the moon and I see the stars, how can I not believe 
It's also beautifully there. I am not the person I once was. I was a screaming maniac, a lunatic, walking around. I am recovered from something I could never recover from. I could never do something about my overeating. I hated myself, and I took that hate out on other people. And I am recovered today by the grace of God. And I am blessed with the gift of being able to help others because God works in me and through me. I'm so grateful. Yes, I believe. I believe. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Marie V., so much. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Irini. Irini. Hi, it's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'd like to share. Linda D. Go ahead. No, I'm waiting for other people. Oh, okay. Irini, Linda D., anybody else you want to share on this paragraph? Thank you, Monica. Okay, go ahead, Irini. Linda R., Linda R., Linda R., okay. All right, let's go with that, and we'll go from there. Irini, and then Linda D., and then Linda R. Irini, it's you. Go ahead. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. This is so yummy, (laughs) and it's just a question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? What a blessing right there. You know, we have a choice to believe in accepting what the truth is from the false or just even a willingness to believe, uh, just to be ready to accept the truth. And um, and to be able to open our hearts, to allow, and open our minds to allow something that wasn't there before. To open up our fist and accept a gift. We cannot accept anything if our fist is closed. We need to open up our fist so we can accept the gift or whatever is being handed to us. So it's an invitation to a power that can heal us, a power then that can do for us that we could never do on our own, a power that can strengthen us, that can give us spiritual eyes to see and live in the truth and to be set free from a seemingly, a seemingly state of mind of body. What a gift. Why wouldn't I want to take this? It's a power that is divinely driven for the good for us. And this is a beginning, it's a start to go on the path, on the right path that's already paved for us. Speak for yourself. Please, no crosstalk. Edini, please go ahead. That's okay. A power that sets us free, that sets us on the right way to live in the right way, to give us peace, love and freedom. Take this gift from God and use it to set us free. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Linda D., you're up, and then it'll be Linda R. 
Morning, everyone. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so amazed and grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. I've been in OA for 33 years, and um, and I've had some healing, but in the last uh, three and some odd months, year uh, three three years and some odd months, I'm recovered, and that's a huge, huge difference. And it's come out of the steps, the big book, uh, the doctor's opinion, and the witness of all the folks on um, vision and also AA. Uh, I think the thing is it's one thing to read it in that book, that wonderful book, Uh, the experiences of all these people. It's another thing to be me 30 years ago, 33 years ago. I was an atheist. I didn't want to be. But I was, and I was scared to death, and you told me to pray, and I uh, gave it lip service, literally, because I thought, this is nonsense. I was raised to be super polite, so I wouldn't say that to you, but after all, I'm trained. Uh, That means I'm an intellectual. And uh, so what? That's a big handicap. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a good mind. Of course you can, but... Um, my experience now is I'm very God-centered because it works, or he or she works. And it's by the working of those steps that I was able to experience and am able to experience God. And uh, I make no apology for that. And um, I think the thing that was so helpful to me was I happened to overhear, of course now I know it's not a coincidence, I happened to overhear in conversation at one of my first meetings somebody say, well, if you can't find God, just say to God, show me that you're real beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I thought, I'm going to try that. And I did. And it worked. I did it repeatedly, and I paused and waited because the person also said, look for coincidences. You're talking to something, and something's responding in some way. And that setting aside of what I think I know saved my life, saves it, and now I have a wonderful relationship with God. And I'm so grateful not to be nuts, not to be self-destructive, and to have a life second to none, problems and all, second to none. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And Linda R., you're up. Good morning. Linda R., grateful, recovered in South Florida, enjoying the beauty of nature today. Anyway, hearing this conversation, for me, I've also been around the rooms many years, my entire life. And when I first came in, I had a very childlike view of a higher power. You know, it was a way of communicating however it was really not it 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 wasn't enlarged the way my spirituality is today and where I am with my higher power is more of a communion it's more of a partnership and a reliance on something greater than myself that I can go to at any time during the day so that I can get my answers and like for example this morning I woke up I have an issue you know when life is beautiful as it is most of the time, I'm so serene and and my communication and collaboration with my higher power is just wonderful. However, when challenges come up, that's when I need to really 
tap into my best friend who I call God. And this morning, I just want to pitch on the effectiveness of letter writing. This morning, I got up. I wrote my dear God letter. I told him everything that's bothering me. Doesn't matter everything. I just go on my computer. I type away. I don't care about spell errors or anything. I just keep typing and typing. And I signed, love, Linda. And then I pray, and he answers me. And this morning, he answered me. And he tells me, you know, exactly what I need to do. And he's always been right. And I just want to share that the partnership of collaboration, cooperation, camaraderie is always growing and expanding to meet Linda's higher power needs. And he's constant in my life. And I just wanted to share that. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Linda R. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Ronnie P. Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie P. And I'm going to put myself there, too. Okay, Ronnie P., go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Ronnie P., recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. So good to hear everybody's voices on the line this morning. Um, The thing with my higher power is um, I think I began as an agnostic. And I say that because I think that my understanding of a higher power when I first came into the rooms um, was agnostic. I just didn't know it. You know, I, I believed in, I believed in something cause I thought I should, but I didn't really, I don't think. And, um, the pitch that I would like to make is for the concept that, um, perhaps our understanding of a higher power is, um, ever evolving. You know, my idea of what a higher power is, is so different today than it was a year ago. And I think it will maybe be different a year from now. And by different, I think I mean broader and more nuanced. And um, it's like I'm growing into it. Um, I love that idea of a higher power being, you know, uh, being in partnership with it. There's sometimes too, I think I'm almost walking like shoulder to shoulder with a higher power through life. And um, I think, you know, on days when I like, I think I can still sometimes go in and out of agnosticism because I think maybe that's what it is to be human. Um, on those days, I will, in my agnostic brain, I will ask God to show itself or higher power to show itself to me. Um, just say, okay, I'm not sure what you are today. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to look for today. Um, everything that seems so sure yesterday does not feel sure today. Um, please give me clarity. Um, biggest thing is I want to say, please keep me abstinent because if I'm not abstinent, I'm not even open to those conversations. I am befogged. The fog is so dense. And then my hands are out in front of me and I'm terrified and feeling my way. And, um, you put down the food, the fog lifts. It really, really, truly lifts. And, um, so, uh, I don't have much more to say. That's really it. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Ronnie P. And this is Monica T. And I'm going to dive in here. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are in the chapter, We Agnostics. And this whole chapter is trying to help us deal with this God idea, this 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 search for a power that's greater than us, that's going to solve our problems, you know, because I... I've come to the conclusion that I am screwed. I'm in the corner and nothing I am doing is working and nobody else has been able to do anything to 
to help me. So, you know, and I'm looking at death here. I'm miserable. So, do I have, um, am I willing? It says, excuse me, we need to ask ourselves but one short question. Just one little question, Monica. Are you, do you now believe or are you even just willing to believe? And if you have to go a little further than that, are you just willing to believe in the possibility of a power greater than yourself? And I was told this was a yes or no question. But when it was worded that way, I could say yes. Now, it doesn't say here, do you understand this? Do you really fully believe in this? Do you have a whole bunch of faith in this? Do you have it all figured out? No, it doesn't. It just says, Monica, are you willing to believe? Well, yeah, I was willing because my way wasn't working. And all the recovered people before me said, yes, there is such a power. We have tapped this power and it has worked. So are you willing to give it a try too? I said, yes. And at that point, my sponsor looked at me and she said, I emphatically, completely, strongly, forcefully assure you, Monica, you have a beginning point right here. You know, how many years did I spend my wheels trying to figure something out, trying to get all my ducks laid out in a row? It didn't work. You don't have to know. You don't have to understand. You don't have to have a full faith about this. You don't have to be sure. Just willingness to say, yeah, I will continue working through these steps. And with that, I pass. And with that, I guess we will move on to the next paragraph. And Rachel and M. Yes, who is this? Hi, this is Vivian M. I was just wondering if I got a quick share. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Monica. So, yeah, this is really, really good for me to read and to hear all the shares. I have to ask myself but one short question. Do I now believe, am I even willing to believe that there was a power greater than myself? Boy, did I want to believe that. I wanted to believe that so badly, and I always thought I did believe that, Uh, but I didn't. I didn't believe it the way I was supposed to believe it because I couldn't stay out of the food. My personality was, oh, my goodness, crazy, crazy ups and downs and personality changes, and I just couldn't get a handle on anything. I couldn't trust myself to be around people because I never knew how I was going to behave. And I had no power over it whatsoever, and I knew nothing, didn't know what to do about it. And um, then I, after decades, as other people had shared, um, I finally picked up the phone, got on these meetings, asked somebody to be my sponsor, and got led through the 12 steps, which I'm just completing now, which is just... Amazing. I all, all my prayers were always for freedom. I always wanted freedom, but I never even knew what that meant. I just knew that there was something in that word that I needed and wanted and didn't have. And I just wanted to share some quick thing that happened to me yesterday. I had a kind of a little medical emergency and um, was, was frightened. You know, it was a knee-jerk reaction of being frightened and scared for my health. And, and I, and I uh, immediately uh, started driving to the ER because uh, I knew that's where I needed to be. That was clear to me. But on my way there, I started praying because I, I just said, why am I so frightened? I said, well, because you need to go to God. You need to pray for some peace around this. And I believed that if I prayed, something would change. And what changed is my heart rate went down from 120 to normal, whatever that is, I, I felt it. Uh, I also put in a call to my doctor, and he was able to see me in 15 minutes, a doctor that I would probably have to wait two two weeks to get an appointment with. And um, 
He said, come into me. You don't have to go to the ER right now. And I went, and as it turned out, it wasn't the emergency that my head was telling me it was, but I got confirmation of that. I had a, have a wonderful, loving, caring doctor who gives me that and uh, also assured me that anything happens, I can always go to him and he will not tell me I'm being overreactive because it's something that needs to be addressed. But the point I'm making is that I prayed for God to be with me, to give me the clarity, to give me the peace I needed or whatever. I didn't pray for those specific things. All I actually did was say, God, help me. But that's what he gave me because I asked for help. This this power that I never thought I had before is there for me and I wasn't scared anymore that's the amazing part and I was free to do what I needed to do to take care of myself which I never would have done before either so so this works this really really works didn't have to eat over it didn't have to rage was grateful and thankful and just just so grateful for, for all the changes and and, and the, the miracles that are happening in my life today. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Can you tell me your name again, please? Uh, Vivian M. Vivian. Okay. Thank you, Vivian M. All right. Let's move on. And Rachel N. M., could you read for us the next paragraph, please? Good morning. This is Rachel N. M., I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader and anorexic from Ohio. That was great news for us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted things, many things on faith, which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence on a simpler level. For sure, for sure. Um, I was a very forceful person, I think, before I, I was recovered. Um, I always wanted to force myself to believe things I thought I ought to believe. Um, I was scared of not believing certain things. I have found great freedom in being able to ask God questions. I think I shared this last week, but it's it's really big for me. It's been big in my life, and I hope it can be helpful to someone else. Um, I like to ask God, you know, say, I think I should believe this. I, you know, I, that's something that I was taught. What's your truth about this, God? Um, God, what do you want me to think about myself? Um, it is, it is truly um, a simple level that we can begin at. We we are not forced to have any uh, big understanding of God, and in fact, I think it's better if we don't try to figure out who God is and instead we ask him and let him reveal himself to us um, I, it's my personal opinion that if we make up who God is then we are really being that power but if we let God show himself to us um, then it's truly we're truly allowing God to be God um, I am very thankful for what God has done in my life and that he makes such 
um, he, he doesn't make high demands. The the big book in another place says that the that the spirit, the realm of the spirit is ro- broad and inclusive, never exclusive, and that's how I found it to be. And I, that's all I have to share. I pass. Thank you, Rachel and M. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Judy S. Judy F. Melissa. Okay, let's do that because we're running short on time here. Judy F., you're up, and then Melissa. Good morning. This is Judy S. from upstate New York, um, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, And I am available to read if you need me. Um, When people presented us with this spiritual approaches, how frequently did we say, I wish I had what that man has? I've spent my whole life wishing um, to have what other people had. Um, I knew what I had wasn't good enough. And I love what they say in here that it, 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 that last line then, it is so comforting. It is very comforting to know and to learn that I could commence at a simpler level. I've spent my entire life making my life really difficult. And if I can just continually bring it back to what would God have me do, I believe that there is you know, this power that's going to direct my life. And it's so very simple, but it takes so much practice for me to remember it on a daily basis, on a moment-to-moment basis. So I just have to continually remember that this is a very simple program. It's a simple cornerstone. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy S. and Melissa C. You're up. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa Sayer, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was really going to zone in on the same thing, that I was always wishing that I had what other people had, whether it was their, um, you know, their spiritual beliefs, um, whether it was their body, their money, their um, happy home, their, you know, ability to have children without a problem. And so that was always the roadblock for me because um, it was so evident what other people had that I was lacking. At least it was to me. And so that that just just kept getting in the way. Um, And really what happened here was I had exactly what I needed. I had complete desperation. And, you know, now when I look back um, and I think about myself um, in regards to my higher power, I was a perfect candidate for a spiritual awakening, you know, even maybe more so than those people who seemingly had everything together because I was desperate, you know, and so it's, it's two alternatives. It's, um, you know, go on and say, I don't have enough to start. I don't have enough to start. I don't have enough to start or just start. And, um, and that's what it was for me. I, was completely desperate. I knew that what I was doing wasn't working, and I was here, you know, and I was calling in, and I was going to meetings, and I realized that that spark inside of me, that little belief, that glimmer of hope, 
was my article was safe at the time. Surely there was some faith there because otherwise I wouldn't have been making an attempt. Um, and so, you know, that's all it took. Um, and that was very comforting for me. And it was enough to start. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And we have time for one more share. Who would like it? Alice M. Alice M., it's yours. Go ahead. Thank you, Monica. This is Alice M., a food addict and bulimic from Florida. In the last sentence, I'd like to see it not as um, we could commence at a simpler level, but we could commence at a different level because we all have, you know, we all come in and do this differently. And, um, you know, when the steps were presented to me as the program of recovery over and over again at every treatment center I went to and every meeting I attended, I thought, I did think how lucky everyone else was in there who believed in God because here was this program ready-made for them. You know, the, the language was relevant for them, the religious language. And if I, if I were a Christian or a Jew or a Mohammedan, I could accept this program of recovery. You know, it would just have relevance for me. But, but I, I, I couldn't as it was written, you know, because I, I don't believe in God. You know, I'm an, I'm an atheist. And so I cannot work this program is what I thought. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I did the pretending that there is a God thing, you know, the acting as if it was suggested to me for years. And, um, you know, to fit in and be accepted. And, and, and it gave me no sense of integrity. It made me feel dishonest, and that was counterproductive to my recovery and would be today if I were to do that. So it wasn't until about 25 years later after my first OA meeting um, that I learned I could work the steps, practice the principles, have the personality transformation necessary to bring about recovery without having to believe, excuse me a minute, without having to believe in God or any other supernatural higher power. I could find my own sources of power. I don't know why I didn't hear that message earlier, but I didn't. Um, and so uh, I started this this path, you know, in the fellowship um, you know, I've, and I've found the sources of power in the fellowship, not in one person. One person will fail, um, but in a whole, a huge fellowship, you know, in the principles inherent in the steps and the experience, strength and hope I heard in the shared stories of those who had gone before me, especially those who had traveled on a secular path like I would. I had never heard anybody share that before. And I, suddenly I was filled with hope, you know, hope that I could recover from my food addiction too, which was a raging freaking out-of-control train. Um, I could recover, you know, side by side with people of all faiths or no faith at all. Um, and so I commenced this journey, you know, on the journey. But I knew, and it has been challenging, you know, I knew it would require a lot of translating and making the, you know, the big but meaningful to me as an atheist. And I knew the road would be fraught with intolerance and non-acceptance at times um, of, my, of my journey. Um, and it was. But I learned, you know, I leaned into the principles. I leaned into those principles of courage and perseverance and self-integrity. And I marshaled on and listened to those who were supportive and helpful and loving and tuned out those who were intolerant and fearful of, I would say, of, of diverse spiritual paths. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for all the secular sources I, ha- I had, which helped me. Um, Time. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you who have been a part of my recovery journey, even those who have um, been intolerant. I have learned so much from all of you. And I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Alice M. And with that, we have come to the end of our time so quickly here once more this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Janice M., could you read for us, please, from A Vision for You, our book is meant to be suggestive only. I'd be glad to, and good morning to everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.